0: Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox and Tiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Uh.
1: <laughs> be kind, be kind, be kind, Casserol, little
0: food for your soul, baby. little food for Life ain't always pretty, but hey,
1: it's pretty beautiful. beautiful,
0: beautiful Laugh a little more. Tighten, tighten, up tighten, tighten up your core. Said he can You're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, Four Things fam. My sister is hanging with me for today's episode. And it's going to be a Four Things gratitude episode where Christy's going to share four things that she's thankful for a book, an Instagram follow. TV show and a drink of your choice concoction or a food. It could be a food if you want it to be a food. We'll probably do food and drink to be honest because we just got back from hanging with our cousins and eating good food and drinking things like sweet tea. You like sweet tea. I do not like sweet tea. Only half and half. Mm -hmm.
1: If that not fully sweet.
0: Yeah. But in each thing, we'll have discussion about each thing. It's not going to be like a quick, oh, I'm thankful for this book and then we move on. We're going to talk... Inside each thing that you're thankful for,
1: okay. so there are things so this to discuss is a little more elaborate, yeah, than like before when it's been like, give me one thing and make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever say that. No, but essentially, I felt like, okay, we're closing out and real quick, tell me four things you're thankful for, you no. know, and then I'd have to rattle them off, and that's a lot of pressure. If I can elaborate a little easier, well, that's it may what just we're gonna do run the gamut may actually turn into more than one book more than one Instagram
0: (laughs) yeah we're here for it
1: but (laughs) a lot of pressure and talking
0: I I, you have the book with you and you've been with me for a couple days and you've referenced the book every day uh, that we've been together I think and or even when we were on the phone a couple weeks ago so I know this is something that you're spending some time with and so what is the book that you are currently thankful for
1: Well, I am reading um, Jenna Kutcher's book. And so she is the host of the Gold Digger podcast. And I've listened to it over the years on and off. And she's never written a book and just came out with one. And it's called How Are You Really? And the subtitle is Living Your Truth, One Answer at a Time. And I remember I ordered it before we were going on a family vacation. And then I pulled it out and started reading it, and it was just sort of hitting me right where I was as far as this idea of how are you really? And I think she's playing off the question of that we so passively say to each other, like, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And then at times, I've been in these situations where someone's like, okay, awesome, how are you really? You know, and really, it just means let's get below the surface and let's see what's going on like in the depths of your life. Like, I don't want the surface answer. And that's essentially what she's saying we should maybe do with ourselves. And I'm only about halfway through the book, so it's still evolving. And what I'm learning from it is still growing but it's really about tuning in to your own feelings and learning from them and listening to them and not numbing them and not avoiding them. But then also this idea of giving yourself permission to evolve and to change, that you don't have to stay in a role you said you would always stay in, and you don't have to do the thing you always said you would do. You know, you're allowed to change and grow based on the experiences that come your way in life, how you feel about them, how you process them, and then how it turns you around and potentially turns you a different direction. Like that's okay.
0: Well, I definitely am going to be adding it to my list of things to read because you've been such a fan of it as you've been going through it and you're underlining things and earmarking things and talking about things and using it as a resource. And Isn't that something you said that she has in addition to the book? Is on her website. There's other resources that you can check out.
1: Yeah. So in in every chapter, there may be some sort of resource where you're led to her website for whatever it is. It could be some type of worksheet exercise where you're kind of going through some writing prompts. I've never really done this. I mean, it was 15 minutes long. And there's a girl, her name's Erin, She leads you through this kind of meditative reflection and it was so good, but it's also something I know I need to do multiple times because right now I feel like you're going to be like, well, tell me about it. And I can't, I I can't tell you about it. I just remember it was tapping into something within me. And if I would really potentially do it multiple times, I would, it would continue to unfold something.
0: Which is you mm -hmm. leaning into how you really are. Because when someone says, no, how are you really? Sometimes we don't even really know how we are.
1: Right. And sometimes we are trying to pretend we're one way when really something else is happening because we're not ready to be vulnerable with someone about it or we're not, you know. We often, I feel like, are so consumed by the to-dos and especially in the throes of parenthood, and especially young kids when you're not sleeping or whatever's happening, and you just don't even pay attention to the thoughts you're having, whether they're about something outside of you or something within you. We just don't even pay that close of attention.
0: Or if you are paying attention, sometimes there's a lot going on and then it's overwhelming. Like I think there's times where I've been able to name how I am, but then... I'm overwhelmed with how I am. So then it sends me back into not knowing really how I am (laughs) because it's so overwhelming because I could probably (laughs) name every little thing and then I'm like, nope, okay. Then I guess that's denial is probably creeps in there, the numbing, whatever you use Mm -hmm. to stuff it down. Okay, so... Yeah, I won't ask you how the 15-minute meditation thing was, but you've only done it the one time or have you done it since? I have. We should,
1: I mean, no, I've only done it the one time, but then it introduced me to this other podcast and this other Instagram page. And so I'm sure we'll maybe talk about that later. What you were just talking about made me think about my procrastination tendencies that I have. And I think it can be the same with like tapping into how you're really feeling. Like for me, I put things off because I'm overwhelmed by them. But then I'm overwhelmed by them because I want them to be so perfect and fine-tuned and I want, you know, I want them to be so clearly understood potentially that then I procrastinate on it. So it's like this triangle of procrastination due to overwhelm, due to wanting everything to be perfectly understood or perfect, essentially. It's like why I won't clean out my mudroom, you know, and, and organize it all. Well, it's gonna take all day for it to get to a perfect spot. So therefore I put it off because I don't have all day to do that. So But
0: what if you just did a little bit at a time and eventually got there?
1: You have to essentially get to the place of accepting imperfect progress. I think you do because you don't always have all day to process through why you feel X, Y, or Z, or you don't have all day to clean out the mudroom. So I think that is the key is accepting this idea of making imperfect process. Like you're gonna give yourself a little bit of time every day to move towards this thing and it's gonna take way more than the one day. And sometimes I get impatient or overwhelmed by, well, how long is it gonna take? Just all the details that would go into it. So I'm kind of applying this idea of of self-reflection and and tapping into the ways you wanna change or how you're really feeling to the same way I treat cleaning up the mudroom or the closet or the barn or whatever it is, that just feels so overwhelming that I don't even take a baby step towards it.
0: You don't even open the door.
1: Yeah, it's easier to just go ahead and throw that stuff in there and then luckily that door closes and it's out of sight, out of mind, although it's not out of mind.
0: No, because it shows up in all kinds of places in how we interact with people and how we parent and how we show up in all the different categories of our life. It's oozing from us. Even our vibe, our energy, which people pick up on, you don't even have to say anything. I mean, we were just with some cousins yesterday and I thought my vibe was good. <laughs> I thought I thought my energy was, you know, normal. And maybe one of our family members was intuitive. She says she's intuitive. And it's not our psychic cousin. It's a different side of the family, (laughs) which the psychic cousin isn't even really our cousin by blood. But anyway, some stuff came up and we were all sharing life things and updates. And it was said, oh, this is all making sense because I thought something was off. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Because I thought I had been acting very normal all day. And clearly something about me was just not maybe... A me that this person has known in the past, but it's not like a family member that knows me super well. But I it started to make me question my own energy or my own vibe, or things that maybe if people tend to be more intuitive. Like, do you have friends like that that are very dialed in? Well, yeah, to
1: and people but the thing and things. About our cousin—it was actually our cousin's wife, and so we've met her in person a handful of times because we live away from each other. Right. You know, but we've been family for however many years now that she's married, been married to our cousin. And essentially she was asking you, okay, how are you really? Because I could tell something was definitely not exactly on with you today.
0: Right. And I couldn't decide what I was going to say or how I was going to say or who I was going to say it to. And I was like, okay, this is family. So then I just started talking and then she's like, okay, okay, this all makes sense now. (laughs) But it's just (laughs) weird to hear because you think you're acting real normal. and. You're not for whatever reason, whatever she picked up on, that's her. But I'm just using that as an example of sometimes you can walk into a room and think you're not bringing any of your stuff into the room and you could be, and it's on you to go back and try to unpack that and get to it so that you're not bringing that. You bring it to your, like I said, your parenting style, maybe your attitude at work, your relationships with other family members and friends. Are you connecting? Are you withdrawing? Are you being negative? I think when I had stuff to work through, that's when I was throwing things a lot. Oh yeah, I've thrown things. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I was, that was me not wanting to work on my stuff. And then I thought, oh, well, this is just hormones. And maybe hormones could have played a role, but that was my scapegoat. Because once I really started to work on stuff and I was able to regulate myself more and stay more calm, I'm not throwing things and I haven't really done anything for my hormones yet. So (laughs) it was probably my things that I needed to deal with that was causing rage.
1: Whatever's happening bad in our life, we're trying to transfer it to this thing we're throwing across the room. And that's the only way we can describe what we're feeling, but that's not an effective way to process things. No,
0: because I'm an adult and I've been... I have the ability to learn and use tools to help me. I'm not a toddler. That's to figure out life.
1: Although, I mean, I'm not opposed to going one of those places where you just get to throw things. Like that's the whole premise Yeah, is that you get to throw things and break things and, you know.
0: Yes. If I am ever on an episode of Building Roots, which (laughs) is your HGTV show, pending that there's a season two or three or four or however many, I would like to be on a demolition team so I can have controlled rage release. Right, you're
1: like, you mean I get to swing the sledgehammer through the wall? Yes. And it it, it can be therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Also like a punching bag. I mean, I ended up getting a actual punching bag with boxing gloves and we have it in the barn and we've been moving some things around. It hasn't been hanging for a little while, but I'm about ready to get it hung back up because I think that's a healthy way to get out some of aggression, but it's not an excuse to not dive deeper into whatever may be burdening.
0: Right. The The punching bag isn't the only method. That is one right. way you have can to go be a do that. Yes. But it a, can't be the only. Yeah. It can accompany the hard work of looking inward. Yeah. If yes, you yes. dare to go there, <sighs> if you dare to go to that neighborhood.
1: <laughs> and then, but then when our, it's our older guy cousin, and he was like, I had no idea. Like this was just completely over my head, you know? And he was like, I wasn't picking up on any vibe. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, yeah, okay.
0: That's very typical of you to not, most, some men aren't necessarily, women are way more intuitive
1: than men in my opinion. Right, absolutely. They're watching body language. There. I mean, there's a lot we can can give off, Mm -hmm. you know? And body language is a whole other topic on, how your brain is so moldable that even consciously holding your body a different way may somehow alter your mood.
0: All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now online and in store for the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store.
1: Either it's been being talked about for a while and I just haven't noticed it, but, but at this point in time, a few podcasts I'm listening to and a few books I've read in this last year are all talking about the elasticity of our brain and how it's honestly very primal and very moldable to either break bad habits or form new better habits or process pain or overcome addiction, you know, like just different ways to have more confidence walking into a space or if you're not feeling like smiling, just the fact of smiling or even holding a pencil in your mouth, which makes your smile muscles work for like two minutes can totally release some chemicals in your body that shift your mindset that make you think, oh, this is good because I'm smiling. Like things are good. And it's some they've done tests. i well, I mean, I'm I get that scientist. that can do that, but at the same time, I don't want to
0: trick my brain but into thinking it's good, but I get the science behind of that's what's I'm happening in it your was brain. a
1: study that was done. Yes. And they like tested people's saliva before and after. <laughs> and then the same thing on, <laughs> it was Harvard or something. Oh yeah. So no, it
0: sounds very legit. legit. No, I know the neuroplasticity, <laughs> all of that stuff is wild. The first time I was really introduced to it was 2018-19 when I started reading a book for eating disorder recovery called Brain Over Bench and she was talking about rewiring your brain. I'm sure tons of people talk about it in the health and wellness space, but to me it was a new concept. But then yeah, once you know about it, you start to see it everywhere. And I've been doing neurofeedback and that's Ultimately, what's happening is it's helping rewire your brain and create those new neural pathways. It's like, well, different people have different analogies, but you know, when water runs through something so much, it starts to build a new pathway. Right. Or if like a river. Got, mm-hmm. So your brain has the ability to do that and move in whatever direction. You want to take it, but sometimes there's other things that happen in different traumas that cause your brain to do other things. And then you have to put in the hard work to go back
1: and try to rearrange things. It's making me want to just touch on the few other people that have been talking about this thing and this idea. And so one of them is, okay, I don't know if you ever watched this TED Talk years ago, but it was by a lady named Amy Cuddy. I didn't, <laughs> um, but I think I've talked to you about I don't it, think. and I still don't know to this day if you watched it. Maybe I sent it to you at some point, but it's this idea. I'm I can't remember what the what it's called. So if you just look up Amy Cuddy TED Talk, it's going to D D Y. Yeah, C U D D Y. It's going to talk to you about this idea of power posing, and the idea that how you hold your body almost. Dictates the outcome of of whatever you're enduring.
0: Yes, you know? I've used the superwoman pose before yeah. and have tried to encourage like others to do it. Before I have had <laughs> iHeart events. There was one time in particular where I was invited to be a part of a panel in New York mm-hmm. by our CEO, <laughs> and I thought for sure someone else was probably supposed to do it, but they backed out or something. I'm not quite sure how I was included in this panel, but I was, and I was so nervous, but I packed a suit, like a matching oh. power top suit. Mm-hmm. It was like a skirt suit with a matching mm-hmm. skirt and I wore heels. Cause for me, that was what I needed to feel confident and comfortable. Someone else might need something else. But for me, I loved my outfit. I felt confident. I felt business. I felt smart, I felt all the things. And then I Looked in the mirror and I did my power pose and my superwoman pose. And I told myself, you've got this. You can do it. You were invited here. You're meant to be here. You belong here. You know what you're talking about. Now go do your thing. And how long did you hold that pose? I don't remember. (laughs) But I just tried to lean into it because I had heard about it. And I thought, well, this can't hurt. And so I've done it casually.
1: No, yeah, I've done it as well ever since I've learned about this, but I'm also like, okay, is this going to work? So essentially the the superwoman pose she's talking about would be like if you were to stand kind of with your chest out and your two fists on your hips, almost like looking up, chin up. Wonder arms. Woman. It's, it's, it's really called the Wonder Woman. Yeah, I don't know which, why
0: I would call it Superwoman because I don't know that – I know Supergirl I mean, exists, but
1: – Yeah, but also the idea of like arms above your head is – another power pose or as if you've just crossed a finish line. Like if you are to hold that, (laughs) like literally you just crossed and you're like, yes, like celebrating with your arms up. And she suggests for two minutes, which feels like a really long time in the middle of doing it. But something about these power poses as opposed to maybe closing into yourself, crossing your arms, crossing your legs, sitting down, which is kind of my, my more go-to is, is to become small. I do that. I am not one that's going to, you know, kick my feet up and put my, put my hands behind my head or, or whatever, which some people have power posing that they do just in normal every day.
0: Well, or Mel Robbins says, give yourself a high five in the mirror every right. day.
1: That's a whole nother person. And she talks about this whole thing too. Which I have About whole, your brain. <laughs> what? I just mentioned Mel Robbins. It's just an
0: inside joke with me and Kat during the fifth thing of oh. like, every time Amy says Mel Robbins, take a shot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know you introduced me to her really not too long ago. I had no idea. Who she was, yeah. and then yeah. the first you instinct- must not listen to my podcast. <laughs> no, I'm saying. I'm just well, kidding. I how know often you have you been talking to? A long I time. Listen. No, it's okay. And you know how sometimes things are brought up, but you're not in a place to receive them. Mm-hmm. Like you've probably brought up other people, and if I would just look up who they are, something may resonate with me, and then all of a sudden they're name, I start hearing it more Mm -hmm. in your conversation or, and I know what you're talking about.
0: I'm totally giving you a hard time, but I know what you mean. It is so
1: hard for you to just take a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Lighten up. Yeah. But there's truth in humor. So I'm sitting here going, is she like subtly trying to poke me zero
0: expectations for any friends or family like, members. Don't worry, Christine,
1: Your <laughs> expectations of you. So therefore you can never let me down. <laughs> awesome.
0: No, <laughs> no, I get it. What I mean. it Is, I, but People have a lot of content they're consuming on any given day. And like, we're sisters. We talk about a lot of different things. Or my friends, we might already talk about it. Or they're wanting to listen to other books or other podcasts
1: from other people. You know, right. I, I get we're it. We're all on different roads, but it's- Sometimes yeah. our paths cross in these ways and we're like, oh yeah, you're on this road too. And right now I am on the Mel Robbins road as well. And I love her. In and fact, I-, I ordered her a book, which is from four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's okay. It's called The High Five Habit. Oh, well, I haven't even read it, so maybe you we haven't? should... You have No. Oh, you it's... are not a true Mel Robbins <laughs> fan. So it's called The High Five Habit? Yeah, and she has some uh, another book before that. I don't know if she has another book since, but this is the part of her journey that I have been on. And The High Five Habit is this idea that in the morning pretty early in, in your day. Like you get up, maybe you make your bed, which I do. I, I have to make my bed before I start anything else. And I know you've, you're kind of on that you've train. You've always
0: been that way. I'm not kind of, I am on the train, okay, you're on but the train I joined. Still.
1: I know, I didn't know if you fell off. No, it, mm-mm, no. Okay. Did you go in my room today? Yeah, but I didn't know what time did you make it? Did you make it right before I got there or? <laughs> no, I made it right when I woke up. And then okay. I also high-fived myself
0: in the mirror after I did it. Yeah. Good for you.
1: Yeah. So her idea is that in the morning, after you do your couple things, then you're staring at yourself in the mirror. You have to be looking at yourself. You can't just like air high five yourself. You have to be looking at yourself in the eyes. And essentially you're giving yourself a high five in the mirror. You have to make contact with the mirror. And something about this repetitive process daily gives you some dose of some other chemical, I think is dopamine. I don't know what, but there have two been studies on this apparently and it can flip your mindset in some way, shape or form. Now I'm still in the middle of like practicing this regularly. I have done it many times, but I can't say that I've been doing it like for many times in a row.
0: Yeah, and it makes me want to go back and ask you about the two minutes in the air. Have you done that yet? Because we were talking about you doing it. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: I do feel a difference, but I wish that I would like do something really regularly versus like just doing it the one time. But there is like this sense of, okay, when I walk out this store, I mean, it would happen to me a lot, like having to do this TV show thing, because this is not comfortable for me. And there will be times that I would be like, okay, I am not sure how to do this interview off to the side, especially in the very beginning. And you know, I was having anxiety issues and panic attacks but we were also had just lost dad we were going through a lot of stuff that i was still working on processing and i would have to like sneak off in the bedroom and i would do the one where you just cross the finish line and i'm literally like <laughs> pumping myself up like if someone <laughs> saw me <laughs> If you saw me, it would be. Why
0: is that not B-roll on the show? Because that would be. Well, it hasn't come up. Hilarious. If like someone was filming (laughs) you secretly. And
1: then I'm like, and then I wonder woman pose another two minutes. And then I high five myself in the mirror. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't know about the high five habit during our filming. Well, you will. If there's a season two, you can high five yourself. So now I do. But then in her high five book, she talks about how there's been actual studies like real studies, not on saliva, but on high fives and how they are linked. Like someone did a study on, I think it was NBA teams. I want to say, I know it was basketball. And they studied the amount of times that the team high-fived each other related to win-loss record and what they came up with. And I don't remember the actual team. And it was maybe five to six years ago, but that team, who had high-fived the most, also had the winningest record. So I have passed on this information to the head volleyball coach of our high school volleyball team because she works with us too and we see her a lot. And so I don't know if she's going to implement more high-fives, but
0: well, maybe if you do, you will win. <laughs> I mean, that's like maybe at your team meetings for work, like everybody high fives. Yeah.
1: Well, and we've started doing that more at work. And Ben, my husband, Ben, has always been a high fiver. Like he'll walk in and high five everybody working. And, you know, I'm not as much the high fiver, but I have been because I'm realizing that when you high five somebody, you're saying, I see you, I believe in you, whether you Come off the field, you know, like in a game, it would be people were even the teams that would high five, even when someone had just fouled out, they came off the bench, high fived their team. Like that team had the winningest thing. So it's like, even in you're doing something right, you're doing something wrong, whatever you are, there's, there's a high five, there's support, there's team. Okay. We're going to win the championship. (laughs) What championship? I don't know just like whatever it is we're we're gonna gonna win win it it.
0: (laughs) okay so i want to hear about the instagram follow that you learned from jenna kutcher's book all right i want to tell you about something really awesome that macy's is doing it is currently asian american and pacific islander heritage month And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. At Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Takova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in Hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. A friend was over for dinner the other day and you know we were just making conversation around the table asking questions and this friend said to my daughter like hey what's something that makes your mom happy? <laughs> and her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset especially when the smell is just right and by smell I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Scentiva is my go to. and." I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. I want to hear about the Instagram follow that you learned from Jenna Kutcher's book.
1: Okay. So this was whenever I did this meditative thing I was telling you about in her book. Yes, I think it's in chapter nine, but don't quote me on that. But she directs you to uh, this girl named Erin. And I can't remember her last name, but her Instagram is rawbeautytalks. Anyway, she this so this was the first time I had heard of her was through Jenna Kutcher's book. And apparently Erin had walked Jenna at some point through a very similar exercise that continued to bring her more in tune with, with the steps she wanted to take forward. So I did it, but I, I do know I need to do it multiple times. So you essentially have to get Jenna Kutcher's book and then go to chapter 9, and then hit the link on her website to go through this meditative reflection practice. And so, so
0: Aaron, she led it, and you started following yes. her on Instagram. So you've been thankful for her content, which I just went to her page and it says that she's your number one coach for all things health, wellness, and a beautiful life. And I know we were talking about this and we were driving home from Alabama yesterday, but she's recovered from an eating
1: disorder. I feel like she maybe used to have some, I mean, again, I'm very new to her, but I feel like she used to have some issues maybe around food or Her weight on the scale or working out, like something with that. And now, what my understanding is that she is more about how are you feeling? Whatever you're doing in your life, how does it make you feel? Not are you measuring up? Are you checking these boxes that actually don't make you feel good, but at least you weigh this on the scale and at least you don't eat this and at least you, you know, work out this much. And the other thing. I've only listened to a handful of her podcasts, but the one that stands out was, what was the title I told you it was? It was like the most underrated mental health hack. And that was the title of the episode. And so I'm like, shoot, I am all about an underrated mental health hack. That sounds easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so is her podcast called Raw Beauty Talks too? I think too? so, yeah. Okay. And, and her Instagram, yeah. And the underrated hack was walking. walking. Yeah. If you are able to walk, it's not that simple for everybody, but I just feel like I have to preface that we're not saying, cause some people are listening and they might be like, oh, well, it must be nice. Like walking is not something that I can go do, but if you are able to get up and go outside and do that, Lisa Haim, my friend from mm-hmm. New York, the well necessities fork the noise outweigh all the things she is someone that just made me aware of people and movement and not everybody can move the same. And sometimes on way, I would be like, oh, it's no brainer. Just like if you just find a it. way to move yeah. your body every day, but what does that look like for you? Maybe it's yoga. Cause I was trying to say, it doesn't have to be this crazy hardcore gym workout. But then she's like, some people that used to move every single day and force their bodies to move, the pendulum has swung and now they're almost like in a state of mentally, now they can't move their bodies Mm -hmm. and they refuse to for so long that now they don't even know how to and even a walk is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I just try to be sensitive to the different type of people, but I know what she's saying. I also don't have to dissect every single thing that someone says. I just try to minimize anybody emailing me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't attack Amy over this. I feel like in her podcast, even she acknowledges that. She's like, if you if you are able or find that thing that is possible for you. For your mental health. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, that so you can whatever do. it is, she is just saying this is a tool and that essentially just this idea of a 10-minute walk outside can potentially, and it might've been 12, I don't remember the exact number, but something about how it has the same mental effect on you as a 45 minute hardcore workout you know so that may or may not be true i'm just saying that's that's roundabout what she said and i'm paraphrasing so yes. if i'm wrong do not email amy <laughs>
0: Or me, <laughs> we are not experts. <laughs> thank you. We are just having. Just listen to the podcast conversation. And the facts. This is basically this conversation we're having right now is very similar to the one Christy and I were having on our three-hour road trip to Birmingham <laughs> yesterday and our three-hour road trip home. Except on for the way home was totally different. On the way home, we tried to talk, and it was so late. We were tired. And there was rain, so we decided to have a '90s country sing along, and Christy would just play the first verse and the chorus of a 90 song and we would have to see could if we, we could sing, sing, sing the whole thing. And I would say most of them we could. There was only a few where it wasn't coming to me what
1: the words could be. Right. There was just a couple. And then sometimes I'd be like, I don't know if I know this one. And then like the first word would come out and I was like, oh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we would sing every word. And yeah, then we it's would skip. it was game. a fun game.
0: Yeah, you could do it with, you know, any genre.
1: Uh, well, and how I did decade. it, I just typed in like, 90s country top hits or something. And so then all of a sudden, a big playlist would come up of however many songs. I mean, it took us all the way home. We weren't even done. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we literally pulled into my
0: garage finishing uh, maybe Shania Twain or oh, something. Shoot. I can't remember I what know. song we were on. And but it was
1: songs I hadn't thought of in years. I
0: know. They were good.
1: So. It took me That back. was a fun game. Mm-hmm. So something for people to do, yeah,
0: to pass time on a road trip, or you can have just real conversations, which is what Christy and I had on our way down to Alabama, and we're having now. So this, you're just hearing us talk, talking it out. We did both, talk it out, talk talk it out, and sing. Yes, (laughs) and TV show. What TV show would you be thankful for today? Is it the one that I made you watch? Do you think the one you made me watch? Well, sort of. Well, you wanted to watch the Anna Delvey documentary, not the scripted show with the actors. I totally
1: watched that one already.
0: Yeah, but you wanted to watch the documentary because our cousins had said it was good. But I had put it on the untold docu-series that's on Netflix about the football player that got catfished.
1: Yes, and the last thing I remember hearing, I must have been under a rock when the rest of the story came out because all I remember was it being in the news that the whole thing with him and his girlfriend passing away on the same day as his grandma passed away. I thought it was a hoax that he was a part of. That is where my mind had left off as far as the news story.
0: Which is so crazy because, well, y'all should watch it. Yeah. But it's wild how information these days just starts to spread. And then the story, it, it was like, a little teeny fire and then gas was just getting added to it. And before you know, it was this huge fire that actually had no truth to it at all whatsoever. And it completely changed the trajectory of his NFL career and his life. Like I was thinking about, you know, how our boy Donald Miller tells us like, what does this make possible or what big thing is this preparing me Mm -hmm. for? I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, this changed the course of his life. And it's, right. he was such an innocent, he was a victim here, completely mm-hmm. innocent. And it, you could say it ruined things for him. Or we could say, why did this happen? Not to, why the, why mm-hmm. did this happen to me? Why did this happen for me? Yeah. Which we try to live that way. And for me, that's worked. For some people, they may not be able to get there with it, or they might not adopt that. Way of thinking, which is fine, but it has served me well, and I do much better when it's like, okay, what did this do for me? Obstacle is the way. This clearly was supposed to happen for me to go around this way. This this obstacle was here because of a reason, and it landed me here next. So I'm sure that I, I had to Google his name. I'm not a sports person, sorry, but Mon- Monteo. Manti Manti Tao. Yes, yeah, okay. So it's just wild what he had to endure and what he had to go through. And you can watch it for all of the crazy, wild twists and turns and details, but the beautiful story of forgiveness that unfolds from it, it was pretty powerful.
1: Yeah, it was the wildest. I had no idea of all the details involved in this story. Me and I. Thank goodness for
0: storytellers that want to give us the truth because... And,
1: and I feel like if you would have brought up the story, I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever happened to that guy? Like, why did he do that? That would have been what I asked. And and then I had no idea the the layers that were going to unfold in this documentary and what happened and how the whole situation kind of unfolded and he was innocent and naive and the whole thing, but then the whole world, essentially he was on a magazine for one of them being the most hated athletes and it wasn't even his fault. Right, so he was next to Tiger
0: Tiger, Right, yeah. it was during like I say the time his
1: of the Lance Armstrong fallout. And Tiger Woods. And the, and so that was like, you know, 2012 or something.
0: Which both it, of them knowingly did things that were damaging to their reputation. Right, right. He poor guy was did not, not at all. He got catfished by someone on the internet and it is bonkers. Right. Because at the time, catfishing was not really a thing. Now we know, oh, catfish. He was one of the
1: first uh, mm-hmm. people to get publicly catfished.
0: Totally wild. Um, but but the again, the forgiveness. End,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. The very end, he is tearing up over reliving a lot of this and the anxiety it created in his NFL career. And there's the different things. And he said he ended up in therapy, try to address like getting through to the other side of feeling like the football field was, was where he could come alive again. And at the time he had really become numb, even still being a strong football player. And so the therapist, as he's sitting there, he said, the therapist asked now, okay, here's an important question. Have you forgiven the person that did this to you, and he said, "Yes, I I truly believe I have forgiven them." And the therapist said, "Well, the second important question to ask is, have you forgiven yourself for you know question mark essentially?" And that's where it a little bit left off that he had to realize and forgive himself. Like he almost was beating himself up that this had happened to him, that he had been this naive, that he had allowed this into his life. And essentially, I think it's something, especially whether we're the ones that have messed up or not, like we have to extend the same forgiveness to other people. We have to extend that same forgiveness to ourselves. And sometimes we can live in really heavy shame because of either our ability to be so naive or because we actually were capable of doing something really hurtful to somebody, or else. something was done to us, and we still have, or
0: right. to someone else, like they may be carrying around shame because of what, what was happened. done to them, right? And they need to <laughs> let that go. You didn't cause that. That some they were the cause of the pain, or oh, I asked for it, or this or that, you know, whatever. There could be right a million different scenarios that this could apply to. But yeah, it was interesting because in a way, his body was keeping the score which is another great book, by the way, Mm -hmm. but he was out on the football field and had anxiety every time he went out there in his NFL career when in college at Notre Dame, he was this football sensation. Like he couldn't have torn him down. He was at the highest of highs his senior year, just killing it out on the field and nothing was going to stop him. And then here he is entering his NFL career and he's having panic attacks every time he steps foot on the field like trying to make sure don't mess up don't mess. he's all in his head and that's his bot like he hadn't released some of the stuff and it was all playing out every time he would enter a
1: game and he had to do the work he was sort of still living in victim mentality and he needed to move to hero mentality that's another book oh hero on a mission <laughs> yes. donald miller maybe we should only talk in book titles for like See if we can, it's another
0: game. Oh, I already did. I mentioned obstacles away a minute ago. So I, I got one in. It's <laughs> another drinking game. Every time you can work in, take a shot of water, which is something that... How are you really? Is how am I really? I am dehydrated. <laughs> that is how I am right now. I'm, I'm drinking I'm just,
1: way more water than you right now.
0: Looking at my water. And my goal for this week is going to be to really try to drink more water because I've not been good about water lately. But I'm also trying to not put any pressure on myself to consume water. So it's a fine line.
1: (laughs) Water (laughs) is necessary to life. I know. (laughs) So it's okay to drink
0: it. I love the analogy (laughs) too of like when you water yourself, you're like a flower petal blooming. Like you feel yourself come alive. Right, your body needs water. It does. So I'm going to finish my water it's in not my a measuring bad thing cup.
1: To tell yourself you need to drink water.
0: <laughs> no, But it's
1: not a lot like, of pressure.
0: Okay. Don't get overwhelmed. Which Just, let's wrap up with our gratitude for drink. Like what is your, what food water. or drink are you <laughs> thankful for today to conclude Four Things ah, Gratitude?
1: I am such a creature of habit in all my drink categories. So basically real quick, I love water. If I drink coffee, it's an oat milk latte, hot. If I drink a soft drink, it's a Diet Coke. If I drink wine, it's Sauvignon Blanc or Prosecco. And if I drink liquor, it's tequila and it's in a ranch water or margarita. Or if I'm feeling fancy, a Paloma, which is with grapefruit juice. And then other than that, I don't drink much else unless there is sweet tea. I don't drink that regularly, but I'm going to drink a little sweet tea like we did yesterday at our little Alabama cousin reunion. Oh, well, yeah. We had sweet tea. We had unsweet. I made a little half and half mixture. It's my version of perfect sweetness of sweet tea. We had
0: peach cobbler, the salt lick recipe. Oh, yeah. If you... It need to go anywhere google salt lake peach cobbler make it it's so easy take it serve it with bluebell vanilla ice cream and everyone will think you have hung
1: the moon it's so good and i even used a gluten-free flour mix and everybody was eating it and you couldn't tell yeah you couldn't tell it was a good mix mm-hmm. so i recommend like a cup for cup or something gluten-free if you're trying to make so good it's great dessert and then our cousin made
0: alabama mac and cheese yo Mm -hmm. which is a recipe you and I have talked about many times. Mary and I put it in our Four Things Gratitude Journal.
1: Oh, we made that awesome salad, which was just iceberg lettuce. Okay, Amy's not a fan of it as much because she doesn't like olives. Yep. But it was just iceberg lettuce, Romano, Asiago, and Parmesan grated and mixed in there with just red wine vinegar and olive oil. And then put in there whatever you want.
0: Well, Uncle Joe would put tomatoes tomatoes. and... That you could do that if you don't like olives, or if you like olives, then you can throw in a bunch of olives. And yes, everyone was raving about it, but I cannot stand "Eh." olives
1: because they were like, "Well, just pick the olives out." And she's like, "Well, does it taste like Uh, olive juice?" (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I just don't like olives. Not like olives. I thought maybe you someday you're going to turn a corner and like olives, like grown up.
0: Maybe they're (laughs) just I cannot eat them. I had to why eat one that? on the Bobby like, did Bone you show once. Up no, time? I just don't like olives. Pickles. I threw up a pickle in the sixth grade. Do you like pickles? No. Okay. It's I, probably because they're pickled. Do you like any pickled vegetable? No, olives taste nasty. That's why I don't like them. No, they don't. They're so good. I, I can, I like relish, okay. sweet relish. Sweet relish. Mixed in like a chicken sa- tuna salad or like egg salad. on your hot dog? <laughs> Yeah, I like a good hot dog. Yeah. I haven't had a hot dog in a long time. Mm. My kids eat Haitian spaghetti which has chopped up hot dogs in it. So we have hot dogs about once a week. <laughs> At least <laughs> cut up. It's just pasta noodles with tomato paste and garlic and oil and Maggie. Yeah. Just basically high sodium. Maggie is just like a big old spoonful of sodium. Yeah. That tastes really yummy.
1: It's it- like the chicken flavored ramen packet. Mm-hmm. That's what it tastes like.
0: And what else?
1: Isn't it? Well, I saw Stashira's list of her food planner.
0: Yeah, we have a, a weekly the, meal planner well, now. Well, it's like
1: day one, Haitian spaghetti. <laughs> day two, leftover Haitian spaghetti. Yes. Day three, <laughs> chicken nuggets. We Day I- four, leftover chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's my style. Like cook one day, eat it the next day, too. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we try to we're trying to plan more, especially since school was getting back in session. I just wanted the kids to have a more yeah. of a say in what we're getting from the grocery store, what we need. They add to the grocery list, and we just keep it printed out on the kitchen counter and everybody knows. There's nothing confusing about it because I know for a lot of people that's daunting and it's like, oh, what are we doing for dinner tonight? Our cousins were talking about it. The woman that's married to our cousin, that's our cousin by marriage. Mm -hmm. She was saying (laughs) about my vibe. (laughs) She also said that Costco has the best lasagna. So Mm. go to Costco, get a lasagna. Yeah, Yeah. The Costco brand, what is that, Kirkland's or... I'm not sure. I, I just know. got a Costco membership for frozen. the first time and I haven't gone yet. So I will keep y'all posted on all my Costco finds. Oh yeah. <laughs> not sponsored.
1: Show your,
0: <laughs> show your Costco haul. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Can you imagine? I I mean, I guess I could. It would be fun. I just haven't been wanting to be on Instagram that much lately, but maybe I'll maybe I'll go through seasons where I'm more I, involved. I think we do. Yeah. We go through seasons. That's okay. That is okay. Okay, thank you, sister. People can find you on Instagram. You're speaking of Instagram.
1: <laughs> at Christy Dozier. And give me a like, give me a follow. <laughs> and <laughs> at- my boy, Josh. Oh, yeah. If y'all aren't following your boy, Josh. I don't even know if he's still a thing. Yeah, <laughs> Heather McMahon taught us it's about him. It's just funny. Like every time he closes out, he's like, don't forget to hit that like, hit that uh, follow button. You know, whatever. <laughs> every
0: time <laughs> he, he makes funny. a post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Christy Dozier on Instagram at root house co which is their coffee shop that's based in pagosa colorado and then season one of their hgtv show building roots is done but you can still go back and stream it wherever just google how to do that i don't don't even know i know on
1: (laughs) discovery but apparently amazon youtube i don't know it's it's maybe underground somewhere yeah you
0: have to find it on the dark web (laughs) the deep dark black web all right love y'all bye okay bye